This is the Squared Ham Podcast. Any views or opinions represented in this podcast are personal and belong solely to the host and guests and do not represent those of people, institutions, or organizations that they may or may not be associated with in their professional or personal capacity unless explicitly stated. Any views or opinions expressed are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, fraternity, business, company, or a specific individual. Now, on to the show. Morning, morning time. I am Mike Schaefer, and welcome to The Squared Ham. It is Sunday, October 25th, 2020. This is episode 21, Social Media and the FCC. First and foremost, I want to thank everyone for their kind words on episode 21, Joseph Smith and Freemasonry. Honestly, I was a bit nervous on how it was going to be received, but so far, so good. Actually, it's been great, and it's prompted a possible spin-off episode or two. In regards to that, I have been talking with someone about being a guest on the show to discuss a similar but slightly different topic. The topic will revolve around some of the mainstream Christian opposition to Freemasonry and their reasons why. So stay tuned. Hopefully, in the near future, we can put it together and share it with you. Three days ago, October 22nd, was the last presidential debate. In my opinion, it was much better than the first, which turned into a name-calling, shouting match. Thursday night's presidential debate, moderated by NBC's news correspondent Kristen Welker, resembled a much more traditional matchup. My takeaways on the night. Undoubtedly, President Trump gave a much stronger performance than he did in the previous debate. However, many of his answers looked backwards rather than looking forward. And I think the American people were looking for answers to current problems and not hearing his resume. President Trump did lay into Biden over his son's business dealings, accusing Vice President Biden and his family of having gotten rich off the vice presidency. He said they were like a vacuum cleaner. They were sucking up money. But Biden was no slouch either. He came prepared and looked to turn the issue back on Trump. He rattled off reports of Trump's questionable business dealings and hammering him over his decision not to release his tax returns. Biden said the reports about his son's business dealings were Russian disinformation. Those pesky Russians. Trump didn't stick to corruption claims alone. He also repeatedly painted Biden as a career politician who had failed to get anything done during his 47 years in Washington repeatedly asking him why he hadn't accomplished during Obama's administration what he claims he can do now. I think that President Trump showed a sharper and calmer performance during his final debate against former Vice President Joe Biden. Conversely, Joe Biden, he didn't have any serious misspeakings. He never put his foot in his mouth. So I'm not sure President Trump gained any new supporters, but I'm fairly certain Biden lost Pennsylvania and a few other industry states when he inferred that he was going to destroy the oil industry. This election, I'm afraid, is going to be very close. Very, very, very close. And will come down to a few key states. Now remember, there were 538 electoral votes up for grabs. A candidate must get 270 votes to win. Heck, it might even be so close that it is undecided and the 12th Amendment is enacted. The 12th Amendment, 
Now, this is where Congress elects the president and the Senate elects the vice president if any of the candidates fail to get to 270. They cast what are known as delegate votes. Delegate votes are not linked to the electoral weighted votes. So for the presidential election, each state has one vote for a total of 50 votes. So the president, the candidate, would need to get 26 votes to be elected president. The vice president election, done different but similar, in the exception that there are two votes per state, so a total of 100, or the vice president would need to get 51 votes, and the Senate chooses that. So what we need to look at is the red states and the blue states right now. As of 2018, there, there were a lot of red states, but there was a major voting change, and a lot of those red states were lost. Right now, the current number of Congress red states is 26 Republican, 23 Democrat, and one Independent. If this election were to go to Congress, it is assumed, and we have to, we have to assume, we know what happens when we assume, but let's just say these numbers don't change. You have 26 Republicans, 23 Democrats, and one Independent. It would take all 26 Republicans voting on the party line to re-elect President Trump. If the Republicans lose any of these seats in this election and it goes to the Congressional, you very well could have Congress picking Joe Biden as your next president. So, November 3rd, Election Day, is going to be a monumental day for America in our election. I'm no political expert. I don't just watch one news channel. And I can tell you, the views and opinions are far from uniform. There's no middle ground. The left says they have it wrapped up. The right says the same. I see folks, you know, posting on Facebook that they can't wait for all this to be over on November 3rd. I'm sorry to say I'm not convinced it will all be over by then. There will be late ballot counts, accusations of fraud, crying and moaning by both sides. It might even end up in a tie where neither candidate reaches the Magic 270 number, and we have to go to that 12th Amendment. Now we're going to see more politics and closed-door hidden deals being made for that congressional vote. I pray that this is a quick election and all will be decided on election night, but I honestly suspect this will be an election with twists and turns like we haven't seen in our lifetime. Buckle up, folks. We're in for one heck of a ride. On a lighter note, now one of my hobbies that I am into and have been very active with for about 15 years now is amateur radio. It sometimes is referred to as ham radio, and you say, what is ham radio, you ask? In short, it's CB radio on steroids. Unlike CB radio, which is limited to 4 watts of output and is open for anyone to use, amateur radio currently has three different license classes. Each class is earned by passing a written test. Naturally, each test is progressively harder, but the reward is that you are granted more privileges. A ham radio operator with the highest class, known as an extra class, has the ability to transmit on various operating frequencies from very low kilohertz range all the way up to microwave frequencies in the gigahertz. An extra class operator can, if they choose to, they can use up to 1,500 watts of output power. That's 1,500 watts of power. Conversely, remember the CB, which everyone is familiar with, 
It's limited to a narrow portion of the 27 megahertz range only, and they can only use 4 watts of output power, so it's really only for 5, 10, 15 miles of communication. The ham radio hobby is much more than just talking on a radio, though. It includes billing, designing equipment, radios, antennas, and much more. It has become a very technical hobby, and the integration of digital equipment to include computers has become commonplace. Ham radio operators communicate with each other all over the world. It is not uncommon to chat with Bob, you know, a few towns over, and you spin the dial and now you're talking with a fellow in Japan. Spin it again, you're talking with a fellow in the UK. It is also not uncommon for hams to point their antennas to the sky and use satellites to communicate with each other. Some folks even bounce their signal off the moon. Yes, the moon. Did you know that the International Space Station has a ham radio on it? And sometimes, if you're lucky, you can communicate with the astronauts. Nevertheless, no matter how you choose to use it, it is a fun hobby that is constantly evolving and keeps us techie geeks interested. The initial ham radio test isn't all that hard. It's actually designed to encourage folks to get their foot in the door. The next two tests are, are a bit more difficult. Here's the rub that I have, and disclaimer, it's my opinion. I really believe that there should be a hands-on test in addition to the written test. Let's face it, there's folks out there that test well. The FCC, they publish the entire question pool online for these tests. Now, you know, the test, the initial test, the tech test, it might be 25, 30 questions. So they're going to publish a question pool of somewhere in the 500 to 1,000 questions range. So if you're a person that has really good memorization skills, theoretically, you could sit there and go through all those questions and you can memorize all the answers to those questions. Go in, take the test, and pass. And you could, you know, wash, rinse, repeat for the next two tests and ultimately get your extra license. The rub I have is that some people can pass these tests with flying colors, but have zero clue on actually how to operate the radio. And it's not just me. This has been a contentious subject among many hams uh, for many, many, many years, many long, long time. And I'm not going to delve into it any further. Uh, I don't want to bore you. But honestly, I believe the test is the way it is currently, well, because of money. Big radio manufacturers want to sell radios. And the quicker they can get people licensed, the quicker they can sell them a brand new shiny radio, and the quicker they can get money. And so I'm not saying they do, I'm not saying they don't, but it's quite possible that they uh, financially influence the FCC. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying there is a perfect way of testing, folks. Let's face it. No matter how hard you study or even how smart you are, at some point in the hobby, you're going to have questions. Thankfully today... We have Google, Facebook groups, YouTube, other things dedicated to the hobby. But when those things fail, where do we turn? Well, we turn to other hams. And in this hobby, we use the term Elmer. A Elmer is an experienced ham who takes a new ham under his wing and provides guidance or assistance. I had an Elmer when I started in the hobby. And my Elmer is without a doubt the smartest man I have ever known in the hobby. In fact, he's widely known by name around the world. I'd be willing to bet that he has forgotten more about this hobby than I will ever learn 
I am thankful I had him in my corner when I started in this hobby. Not all hams are as fortunate. Now I do live on the other side of the continent from him, but still catch him on the radio every now and again, and it still amazes me to this day. At his age, he's still pushing forward, learning and experimenting in the hobby. I will forever be thankful for having the privilege of learning under him. I personally have had the opportunity to Elmer several hams over the years, to include my youngest son, who got his tech license when he was only 10 years old. Recently, a Masonic brother of mine got into the hobby. Disclosure, I only found out he was a ham after he posted on Facebook that he received his call sign from the FCC. But since then, since him getting his license, we've had several conversations concerning ham radio. He recently purchased a high-tech digital radio. And he didn't purchase this blindly. He didn't throw money at it. He did his due diligence and research. He watched many tutorials and read many how-tos to figure out how to configure and set up this, this radio. Needless to say, he became very frustrated when his failed attempts to program the radio and put it into use failed. He, being very frustrated, contacted me, asking if I knew of anyone that wanted to buy the radio as he had given up trying to get it to work. Remembering the assistance I got from my Elmer when I became frustrated and his willingness to encourage me so that I wouldn't quit the hobby, I wanted to pay that forward. So I offered to play around with his radio and see if I could get it working. Well, I'm happy to say that I played around with his radio a bit and it has now been returned to this new ham and he is thrilled to be using his new working radio. I didn't tell you this story as a means to brag about my technical expertise, but rather to show you a couple things. One, never turn down an opportunity to help someone if you're able to. It might not be a big deal to you, but to them, it can mean the world. Secondly, we all need some help sometime. No one is perfect. Remember, there was only one perfect person, and they nailed him to a cross. Now I've mentioned the FCC, the Federal Communication Commission, and how it regulates amateur radio and CB usage. Well, the FCC is a far more reaching organization than just that. It monitors just about every piece of electronic equipment in your life. Don't believe me? Flip over your laptop, look behind your TV, your microwave, anything really, and look for the label that has the part number or serial number on it. Somewhere on that label or engraving, you will see the FCC symbol. If you look at the hidden taxes on your cell phone bill, your TV bill, your internet bill, the list goes on, you'll see FCC taxes, or, or they'll be kind of hidden and incorporated in some bulk federal tax. The FCC has its hand in everything, except for social media right now. You may have seen in the news how Facebook and Twitter have come under attack for recently censoring political posts, in particular Hunter Biden and Joe Biden's doings or misdoings in the Ukraine. What many don't know is that President Trump signed an executive order in May of 2020 targeting tech companies. This order instructed the Commerce Department to draft a petition prompting the FCC to reinterpret some of their laws. Currently, social media companies are protected under the First Amendment's right to free speech. 
The rub comes because right now they have special immunities denied to other media outlets such as newspapers and broadcasters. President Trump signed the executive order in May. The Commerce Department submitted their petition to the FCC in July, just two months later. As of the date of this podcast, today, the FCC has yet to move forward with that order. Their lack of action just might lead this to the Supreme Court to decide. Only time will tell. I, for one, am truly a bit curious to see how this one will play out. What do you think? Should Facebook, Twitter, and other social media outlets be able to censor material on their site to fit its political agenda? I do know that many users were extremely angered when Facebook and Twitter took down their anti-Biden posts. What if the shoe was on the other foot? What if they took down the anti-Trump posts? Or censored only certain religions? Would you feel the same? Would you be angry if the TV service you purchased only allowed you to watch one particular news channel? Or if your cell phone provider dropped your calls when you spoke a word that was on their do not say that word list? Now you might be saying, but Mike, come on, I pay for those services and Facebook and Twitter are free. I would then have to reply in one of the South's famous sayings, bless your heart which for you Yankees kindly translates to, you dumbass. Come on, folks. Do you really think Facebook, Twitter, and all those social media sites are free? You are paying them, and the currency is information. Your private information. They are nothing more than marketing information-gathering platforms. Why do you think there are so many tailored ads on your feed? They make money on advertisements targeted at you. With that said, shouldn't you be able to post what you want? After all, you are a paying customer. What are your thoughts? Should the FCC crack down on social media? Or is this just another attempt at government overreach? Shoot me an email. I'd love to hear what you think. And don't forget to check out our new website, thesquaredham.com. That's the show for today. I'd love to hear from you and hear what your thoughts and comments are on today's show. Or if there is a topic that I have not covered and you would like me to, please let me know. Comments can be emailed to thesquaredham at gmail.com. Again, that's thesquaredham at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and until next time, remember, you can spend your time searching for light, or you can become the light.